Disclaimer. Everything discussed on the 9 o'clock is wholly opinion. We are not experts. We have no alphabet soup of credentials after our names. We're just two people who overthink things and had enough adult money to buy podcast mics. Nothing said here should be taken as medical or legal advice. Seriously. No, don't. That would be terrible for you, probably. Be sure to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps us. How? We aren't sure. But yeah, do that. Welcome to the 9 o'clock, the place where we escape after our kids have gone the F to bed. I'm Jackson Lathland. I'm Gwena Lathland. We don't escape after the kids go to bed. <laughs> this is not escapism. <laughs> <laughs> You're mean. Oh, I guess I agree. <laughs> For the sake of our relationship, I agree. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Let's rewind that for a second. I'm a follower. It's okay. <laughs> so I was thinking today, uh, because we are excellent podcast hosts and definitely decided on something to talk about uh, more than an hour before we sat in front of microphones to talk about it. We definitely yeah. did that. That's this is true. <laughs> this is this is true somewhere in the world. Some yeah no in in one of the multiverse lines like we planned this podcast more than an hour in advance of recording it, uh, not the one that we're currently in, but no somewhere we did. Yeah. Um. So we we have encountered a struggle in our own parenting of our tiny humans, in that our youngest daughter uh, is uh, she's developed a habit of being what we call a bossy bish. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. She is so headstrong and uh, demanding. Um, she She's... I, I would call her bossy. But the thing is, is she's not bossy. She's three. Uh, with a foot stomp and everything. Yeah, no, she's got yeah. this little foot stomp when she doesn't get her way. And... and it is on us to help her find new ways to communicate. It is on us to kind of guide her through. You don't get to decide what everybody around you does all of the time. There's a difference between autonomy and bossiness. Now, her brother her brother does something similar, but not to the same degree. Not as boisterously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he still has his demands, but sure. he's not... He's not being a terror about it right, most of the time. Right. She absolutely she uh she's very she's very demanding and when she doesn't get her way, she is quick to she's quick to the rage. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my adult brain wants to label that bossy. Uh one wants to attach this this fully developed emotional concept that I with the fully developed prefrontal cortex understand that she's being bossy. But she's not. She's she's really acting appropriate for her age. Like preschoolers and toddlers, they only get the autonomy that we literally give them. Yeah. Like they're told when to get up and when to get dressed and when to get in the van and when to go to the store or when to go to school. Like all of these decisions are made for them, often in their best interest. Like we're not, you know, controlling them constantly because we enjoy managing micro minions constantly but it means that when 
they get autonomy, like in their playtime, in, in our specific case, like when they're playing together, right. she exercises her independence by telling her brother what they're going to play, exactly how they're going to play it, and when he's playing it wrong. Yeah, very sternly. <laughs> very loudly. <laughs> and at dog-level pitches. Right. Oh, my God. That... The pitch of her voice when yeah. she's when she's having a moment, yeah, it hurts my head. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 amazing. Like the the tone that child can create, yeah, the vocal range. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's still as frustrating as that is, and as much as that's on us to help her learn better ways to communicate, yeah, learn better ways to exist with other human beings. It's still okay for her to be doing that right now. <laughs> right. It's easy to get mad or not I don't want to say mad, but it's it's easy to be get to get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Like when you've got someone that age, like you said, you you have a tendency to use your own experiences and that right. at our age now is dealing with other people our age. Right. And so it's sometimes what I fall into the trap of doing is she'll like, say she's making a demand and mm-hmm. she's being bossy, like you said. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I'll get it in my head that she's being an adult. Right. And I'll picture a grown-up talking like she is. Right. And I have to think, how would I respond to that person? Mm-hmm. When reality, that's not at all what that's, I That's not what's happening at all. <laughs> right. She's just being three. But I figured we could spend a little bit of time kind of deconstructing our own thoughts. Yeah. On applying grown-up terms to child behavior. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, things like bossiness. Right. Children can absolutely be bossy, um, but not every time we want to apply that word to a child's behavior is that the case. Sometimes yeah. it's just developmentally appropriate. What I mean, when you think of somebody who's being bossy, they're being demanding, but... Again, like you said, it's a it's a grown up. It's, it's a very grown up term. concept. Yeah. yeah. So kids kids are programmed to be self serving, uh, to defend their space and their body because that's that's literally all they've got. Everything else is under someone else's control. So what are some, what are some other concepts that we as adults understand, and maybe erroneously apply to our spawn? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, okay, impatience. I I feel like, and and I'm guilty of this. I feel like I've tried to call them on their patience. Uh huh. And I, it comes out of my mouth, and then I'm thinking, what am I saying? Right. Impatience. They don't even know what that word means. They right. don't even know what the concept is. Well, the the inverse. They don't know what patience is. Right. Like they have they have no concept of time. Time is irrelevant to them. Like today, I was cooking dinner, and I started at 4 o'clock. We typically eat between 5 and 5.30. That's just when we eat dinner in our family. So I started cooking at 4 o'clock, and the minute I went in the kitchen, the girl child, again, came in, time to eat? In a little bit, it's going to take some time. I was making chili and cornbread. That just, it takes time to simmer and bake. And she's like, but I'm hungry now. I get it. Yeah. But we're going to eat in an hour. Um, you when, will not shrivel and pass away. Be honest. This was the 12th time she had come in and said something. <laughs> I think she's in a growth spurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But 
I've, I very much wanted to stop being so impatient. Right. She doesn't know. I, I looked at her dead in the eye and said, we'll eat in an hour as if my three-year-old was going to understand what the passage of an hour feels like. Well, she heard that and then she came back a few minutes later and an hour had passed, right? Right, right, in her head. Now, to be fair, I'm an adult and there are times that I'm sitting at, you know, I, I have to turn off my Karen um, because I'll be sitting at a drive-thru. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is taking an hour. It hasn't. It's been 37 seconds. Yeah. But I don't want to be waiting at that point. So my brain lengthens how long something feels. Right. Yeah. That, like, hap- <laughs> that happens to me a lot. It's it's the opposite usually. It's, for me, it's, I've only been at it for five minutes. No, I've been at it for an hour. You are horrible at that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, we have a running joke in the Lathland household that when Jack says, uh, this isn't going to take very long. It's only going to be an hour. We know to book out five hours minimum <laughs> because Jack has the worst sense of A, how time passes and B, how long a project is going to be. That happened today. <laughs> <It> did. <laughs> we left the house for two hours for you to replace a light switch. Three light switches. <laughs> yeah, but still. The, the, <laughs> no, normally, it shouldn't take that long. <laughs> but, were, th- but that's always my argument, though. Right. It's always, well, it shouldn't take that long. The truth of it is, it always takes that long. Right. It always takes that long because, let's be honest, when these houses are built, they're not built to... I mean, they're built to code. Right. But <laughs> the craftsmanship we, that goes into them is not always great. So. We live in a mass-built house. Yes. Like, this and every house in our neighborhood was built within a two-week time period. As quickly as possible. As quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, so I had to get extra tools out and, like, carve extra stuff out to make the light switches <laughs> fit. That's what honestly took so long. So, that but, aside. <laughs> watch us try to cleverly redirect our own podcast into the thing we're supposed to be talking That's about right. now. <laughs> Folks are just here to listen to us talk about stuff. About, about light switches that shouldn't take two hours to install? If they're laughing right now, they're agreeing. So yeah, patience and impatience, I think, are very grown-up concepts that even grown-ups struggle with. And we are, you know, I'm quick to, at least mentally, most of the time I can stop myself from saying, I need you to be patient unless I'm very intentionally beginning to teach them Patience means waiting. Patience means you're not going to get what you ask for right now because, yeah. you know, there's there's good reason explaining myself. So if I'm intentionally addressing patience, that's one thing. But I have to stop myself from being like, no, you're being impatient. They don't know what that means. Yeah, it's just another, it's gobbledygook word. Right. Yeah. I think there are two modes for them when it comes to tracking their own time. Mm-hmm. There is the thing that I want, I want now. Right. And the thing that I need, I want, I need now-ish. Now-ish. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. There's no, oh, I can't wait till tomorrow. It's, well, I want it to be tomorrow now. Right. <laughs> well, we just, as we're recording this episode, we just got through the holiday season. Yeah. And um, our littles are struggling with when's Christmas going to come? Because we just got through Christmas. This is really their first Christmas of awareness. And to the point where they're still asking for Christmas movies. Right. They're still asking for Christmas movies. Uh, there's still, you know, dregs of holiday decorations throughout. We haven't gone very many places, but right. a neighbor still has like a, the little wooden Santa plaque that lives on their porch. And they're asking, when's Santa going to come? Uh, in about 350 days. It's a long time from now. 
two days later we drive by the house again when's santa gonna come 348 days yeah yeah soon (laughs) he'll be here before you know it (laughs) just a few more sleeps kids (laughs) okay so what's what's another concept um uh you got anything off the top of your head right now Mm. let me think how about how about something like selfishness that kind of goes into the uh the the patience thing a little bit they're kind of they kind of pair it does yeah selfishness is hard yeah selfishness is hard because i think small children are very much capable of being selfish i think it's in their nature to try to self-preserve yeah I mean, an infant is selfish, but not maliciously so. It's just, it, they're literally running on instinct. That seems like a developmental thing. I mean, generally yeah. speaking, like, yeah. th- they haven't experienced the world, so mm-hmm. what they know is what's their innate They're want. not like dragon hoarding things. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you go look at their toy boxes right now. Okay, well they're they're not they're not holding on to things to be mean, to keep it from other yeah, people, to yeah. prevent other people from having them. It's just how their brains are wired. And I'm sure there's there's people with like PhDs in, in neurosciences going, um, no. As a reminder, we are not experts at anything. <laughs> We're not doctors, yeah. So, yeah, I think selfishness is a hard one because I think innately children are selfish, but I don't think they're being dicks about it. Is that is that one of the words I can say? Do you have to bleep me now? <laughs> uh, no, I think we'll be okay. That's a person's name. I mean, can that be a bad word too? <laughs> they're, they're not being Richards about it. <laughs> I I think in this case, when you think of selfishness, and you try to apply it to a child, especially the the age of our children. What uh, what occurs to me is, it's not selfishness the way we would think. Like you said, you you kind of hinted at it. It's a self preservation thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's instinctual. Yeah. It, it, think of it as a deep down like survival right. instinct kind of thing. Right. I need to make sure that mom hears that I am hungry. Yes. Because if mom can't hear that I'm hungry, I may legitimately starve. When and, and especially with uh with the one we were discussing earlier, when when she thinks she's hungry, it's mm-hmm. because she, you know, her belly grumbles. Right. She doesn't know what that means. Right. So to her, it's not a fear thing. It might mm-hmm. have been when she was an infant, right? If 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 you could even say she had fear as a oh, I think yeah, no, emotion. I think um, that's, I think that's one of the core the core ones that they they yeah. know pretty early. They I mean they don't have a name for it because they don't have language yet. But I, th- I well it, we've seen it with our dogs before. If if uh, one of our dogs is either not happy with something they ate. Or if they are hungry and they're trying to let us know, they'll eat grass. Right. Right. So they'll try to put something on their belly. How did the dogs come into this? <laughs> I think for her, what I'm getting at is uh, she's going to eat grass. No, but if if she's got a grumbly belly, she's trying to satiate it the same way. Right. As in, she just wants to put something on her belly to make it stop doing what it's doing. Right. Right. This this is a feeling that I am unfamiliar with. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure if I like it. So. Okay. So the wandered wildly away from selfishness into hunger um let's see what about this one's good manipulation Ooh. can children manipulate you 
as an adult. I don't think they can do it with intent. Well, I think they can, but I don't think they can do it intentionally. Let's be specific. I'm not sure that infants, toddlers, maybe even preschoolers can intentionally, maliciously manipulate right. you. Right. Uh, once we get start getting into school age and they start having environmental and social influences, yeah, I think manipulation can come into play. And their ability to manipulate you is going to depend entirely on your family dynamic. See, that makes sense because... I think of uh, like a like a preschooler coming home, yeah, and trying whatever they tried on their friends right. on you, right, to see how you'll react, right. They they manipulated one of their friends for a piece of candy, surely to work on us, right. I can see that, yeah, but no, I I don't. Uh, m- my opinion is that infants, toddlers, and pre preschoolers. Mm-hmm. So I call our kids preschoolers. Yeah, they're three. They turn four this year. They will start preschool come August, as yeah. long as we can get them to potty train. Yeah, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> but I call them preschoolers because they're not really toddlers. And even though they haven't started school, that's just the label I apply to them now. Right. Because humans like labeling things. Yeah. I don't think that they can manipulate us because I think it goes back to that selfish thing. They are hardwired to preserve themselves they lack a lot of autonomy so when they feel like they can grab at that independence that autonomy independence and autonomy are different yeah but when they feel like they can grab at that they're going to take it and to an adult it feels like especially parent pitting or parent splitting that has bugged me before our eldest has attempted to do that luckily you and i have a really good communication and we also have the exact same brain um so i don't think she's ever she actually she has been successful with it when she downloaded tiktok she split us (laughs) that's true she knew you'd know what it was and at the time i didn't. No, she had already asked me and i said no absolutely not that's social media because our eldest was not allowed on social media until certain criteria were met, and she had not met those criteria. Yeah. Which, yeah. social media and teen use, there's another episode. Are we making notes of all the times we say that's an episode? <laughs> Apparently, I've got several hours worth of footage to go back and listen to. <laughs> but that that was that was manipulatory. But our daughter was also... 12 or 13 at that uh, point might, yeah somewhere around somewhere there. around there yeah so yeah she very much manipulated us by parent splitting now i don't think she did it of malice no. i think she simply did it because she wanted to get something she wanted to get something yeah. right <laughs> she knew what she was doing she, though is the she, point she she essentially threw consequences to the wind right and said i'm gonna try it anyway right yeah and it failed <laughs> it well kind of i mean it failed at the time for for a moment because you let her have it not long enough to do anything with it, though. No, not no. You, you caught it before she had a chance. To. <laughs> <laughs> That's which is actually why I downloaded TikTok. Yep. And then now look at me. But that that was manipulation. Sure. Was it malicious ma- manipulation? <laughs> I'm so good at talking. Was it malicious manipulation? No, absolutely not. It was a kid very much just going for it, shooting their shot. Yeah. Um, kind of worked, kind of didn't, but. When a toddler splits their parents, 
mom can i have a cookie no it's almost dinner time and then they trot off to the other room and as loudly as they possibly can dad can i have a cookie i'm like kid hey i can hear you <laughs> we we have an open concept house it could it occurs to me as you said this it could be that especially to a toddler they hear no from one parent and they're like well there's another parent right so I, I have to hear no from each one in order to truly for, for mean to no. Count. Yeah. But but that can absolutely feel like they are manipulating you. Yeah. Well, from the parents' point of view, yes. Yeah. But here's the thing is, I don't think they are. No. First of all, it's not a concept they can understand. And I get, I guess this whole episode really boils down to, does the child understand the thing? Are, are they capable of understanding the concept? If no then they're not doing it. Right. I tell you what, I'm going to step away and Gwenna is going to talk about some of the things that keep us a podcast. Hi, Gwenna here. Still, we are going to be doing a podcast episode answering your most burning, pressing, gnawing at you in the dark void of night questions. Well, answering might be a strong word, but we do want to discuss them. Essentially, you've got a chance to create your own podcast episode. In order to do that, head to pleasantpeasantmedia.com and fill out the form there. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure novel, but in audio form, and with less dragons, or ghosts, or page-turning. Okay, it's nothing like a choose-your-own-adventure novel, but yeah, tell us what to talk about. Again, the form is on pleasantpeasantmedia.com. And we're back. So before the break, uh, we were talking about manipulation with mm-hmm. the little ones. And it occurs to me that you, you had mentioned that if they don't understand the concept, they couldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's always the case? Yes and no. I They can't be manipulating you if they don't understand what manipulation is. Um, that's a grown-up term being put on a, a kid brain. But I think there are times that kids have learned behavior that they don't have vocabulary for things like um bullying okay like you know, you're talking about little ones like yeah. like toddlers preschoolers toddlers preschoolers early school agers yeah they can absolutely accidentally bully each other because they lack the emotional awareness yeah what to one is a game because they see i i really worry about our littles going to school because they have lived their entire life in a family dynamic whose love language is sarcasm yeah that's true <laughs> so they watch us call each other silly names all the time and our feelings are not hurt by it at all yeah even Abby calls us silly names. And oftentimes we'll laugh right. at it. So they see it as a joke or right. or their concept of joke. Right. They see it as funny. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's amusing and no one's feelings are hurt. Now, while our kids are really beginning to grasp the concept of feelings getting hurt and we don't do or say things that hurt other people's feelings, we're just kind of wandering into that territory for them. I'm really concerned when they get to school and they call someone a bobo head and that kid's feelings are really seriously hurt. Well, and then on top of that, laughing. Right. Because they think it's funny. They think That's it's funny. That's supposed to be right. hilarious. Right. Yeah. Every, why, why is nobody laughing? I don't, I don't get it. And that will have been on us. The only way to address that, honestly, is after it happens in this case. Right. Because we, we need to know... Uh, once this has occurred, we we need the teacher to come, you know, to be able to communicate to us that it I, happened. I love how you immediately pinned this hypothetical scenario on the girl child. <laughs> the boy child is not going to be the culprit of this. It's absolutely the girl child who's going to be an accidental bully. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. 
his is going to be more physical. Yeah. The same way it is with his sister now. Mm-hmm. Is, he doesn't know his own strength. Right. Yeah. And so it looks like a body slam sometimes. <laughs> um, I could see the Hugs same thing. Are very violent in our family right now. <laughs> I could see the same thing happening on a, a preschool play gl- playground. Right. And and not necessarily even out of anger. It may be something where he just plays. Right. He just plays too hard. But from the other side, um, if you've got a little who's going to school and is coming back and is struggling with a bully. Now, I'm not dismissing bullying behavior at all. No, at no, all. It not. is not okay. Right. It comes from a lot of places. It stems from a lot of things. The bullying behavior is not okay. But I sometimes wonder if some of the bullying behavior that a child experiences is accidental bullying because the other child does not recognize the emotional impact their words or actions are having yeah not because they can't understand it but because the environment that has created them fostered this this fundamental break in if i call someone a bobo head that's going to hurt their feelings I don't think we have to wait for the thing to happen. I think what we have to do is modify our own behavior (laughs) (laughs) to prevent our children becoming accidental bullies. Yeah. Luckily with a boy child and his physicality, he is now big enough and strong enough that he can cause me physical pain. So I am able to give him a reaction that says, oh, you're so strong, buddy, but you can't hug my neck like that. Yeah. Ow. He understands if you say ouch. Yeah. He understands what that means. Little littles understand that. Yeah. So, yeah. So he, I'm less less concerned with the girl child though. Well, I was I was going to mention rationality, but honestly, I think we've covered that one pretty well. So, yeah. what do you think of something like, let's say, responsibility mm-hmm. or irresponsibility? Yeah. The, those those again are they're hard. And actually, let's. Let's even tie that into maturity, responsibility and maturity. Yeah. That's two of them that I think a lot of parents, myself included, mm-hmm. will will jump onto. Like, why are you acting so immature? Well, first of all, a three-year-old is immature right. by nature. But let's say even our teenager. Right. I've, ca- I've, I've at least thought it. I don't know that I've ever actually said it out loud. Maybe to you, but. I don't know. Oh, no. You know, I think she might have been immature in this one moment. Mm-hmm. And then. I have to stop and think about, wait a minute. Of course she's immature. She's 14. Well, what do we consider mature? Right. Yeah. Right. I know grown adults who are not mature. If I'm comparing her to myself, well, duh. <laughs> you got 20 <laughs> some odd years on her. <laughs> yeah. Maturity and responsibility and irresponsibility. I I agree. I really feel like those are probably some of the biggest culprits mm-hmm. of grown up words we apply to kid brains. Right. Um, I think teaching responsibility should start really, really early. Um, as in, as soon as they can help with stuff, you start giving them the responsibility of yep. doing things, letting them help you vacuum the house. Yeah, that's which we actually just worked today. really well for us. Yeah, uh, uh, both both our littles, uh, their responsibility. It's never demanded of them right now. Right now, they're still in an age where they are excited to help but their responsibility is to empty the silverware tray Mm -hmm. in the dishwasher yeah so they take all of the spoons out i take all of the sharps out and that you know those are in a different place so i take all the sharps i take all the glass out and then they help me put everything else away and we've even organized our kitchen to where all of their stuff is at a level they can reach right 
to give them the responsibility of helping. Now, I don't call them away from play or make them stop an activity just because I have decided I'm going to use this time to open the dishwasher. Mm -hmm. But the way it's working out now, because they're three and want to participate and want to be helpful, they take that responsibility very seriously and they hear that dishwasher door open and here come feet running down the hall. Yeah. It's like the can opener of responsibility. (laughs) It's almost, it's, it makes me wonder if, uh, so we're, we're thinking of that as them showing responsibility. Mm -hmm. We're teaching them responsibility. Right. Even if they don't understand the concept of it. Right. What we're teaching them is to be helpful. Helpfulness. Right. Be part of the community, be part of the family. Like, yeah. But the, the opposite of that is I don't view them deciding not to help as irresponsible. Right. So if they are, if I've turned on a movie, um, which I, I, I sometimes do just because I don't want to spend the next hour unloading the dishwasher. Right. Because any amount of their responsibility doubles however long I would have spent doing it. Yes. <laughs> But I'll turn on a movie and I don't expect them. Most of the time, again, we're still at a stage where they really like helping. (laughs) Yay. Um, (laughs) So it's going to take me an hour to unload the dishwasher. If I want to do it without their help, I have to do it before or after. But also that's one of those things that parents have to make sacrifices Mm -hmm. for the good of their kids. Right. The sacrifice I'm making is this could go a lot faster if you weren't helping. But you're going to help because I have to teach you responsibility. Yeah. It's not irresponsible if they don't choose to help. It's not immature if they get the forks and spoons in the wrong place. Right. Like, I'm, I'm not going to focus on the specifics right now. It's just the action and the willingness to be helpful. Yeah. I don't even have to ask, do you want to help me with the, I just opened the dishwasher and here they come. Do you think that uh, with concepts like maturity, what we're trying to base them on is let's, let's, Let's call it uh, social milestones, mm-hmm. and we're we're looking for certain milestones at certain ages. And if if the kid doesn't seem to have met that, and and what I mean is like, I don't know, throwing a tantrum at bedtime. Which uh-huh. let's be honest, that can happen until they're nine or thirty seven or forty. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> and I'm just throwing that as an example. Not like not not saying that that's that's mm-hmm. one, but just that. So, what do you think as far as uh, the milestones thing. Yeah, I I've think, heard that argument before. I think I have a personal vendetta against milestones anywhere outside a pediatrician's office. Yeah. I don't like the concept of milestones. I recognize the usefulness of them for diagnostic criteria. I recognize that it kind of gives a good baseline and hopefully you've got a really good pediatrician who goes, okay, you're not quite, your kiddo's not quite at this specific milestone, but I'm not super concerned about it because everyone hits those milestones kind of on their own time. And the older they get, the wilder that timing becomes on what a milestone is. I think sometimes milestones and readiness kind of get mixed up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, for potty training. Like we yeah. are in the midst of potty training and there are parents that I know personally that like their kids been using the toilet appropriately since they were like 26 months old. Yeah. And here we are like creeping toward four with absolutely no interest in it whatsoever. Like they come with us, they watch, we've put them on there. They don't care. Right. 
because they're not ready. So if we were only to focus on the milestones of most children potty trained between two and three, which I think is a ridiculous milestone, by the way, um, most you know, children potty train between these ages. When you get outside those ages, you start to think, well, what am I doing wrong? Well, that's exactly what happened with this one. It got in my head. Yeah. I had a sibling uh, asking me about it and then made the comment, oh, that's a little late, isn't it? Yeah. Because they're three and they're, the, <laughs> the thing is, is they are starting to potty train. Yeah, they, they are. We're making progress. Yeah. Um, they they have an awareness they have an interest it's just it's still easier for them not to stop play and go in the floor like we've even tried taking the diapers off they do not care especially the boy child does not care yes uh but the milestone is not the end-all be-all it is not a sign of maturity or immaturity that they haven't met milestones yeah or even that they're not ready. It doesn't make them immature. There does come a point wherein, yes, we've missed a milestone. We don't seem to be exhibiting signs of readiness. We might need to talk with our pediatrician or our primary health provider or a therapist of some variety, an occupational behavioral speech. Because if, if you're if you're if you're listening to this podcast and are currently arguing with a podcast of, well, but my kid really, the milestones have, if you're arguing with a podcast, now's your time to call your doctor. <laughs> yeah. Because we, we can't help you from here, but that that's your gut feeling that mm, maybe maybe we've gone too far past this milestone, as arbitrary as it may feel. Right. I felt pretty good about that one. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> the le- lesson learned is uh, stop trying to apply adult concepts to little kids. Right. <laughs> you can apply them to them when they're adults. Flip it around. Start applying little kid concepts to adults. Right. Next time I want a snack, I'm throwing myself on the floor. And I guarantee you I'll run in there and get whatever you want <laughs> just to get you stopped because you're more violent about it than our kids are. <laughs> I'm more likely to injure myself <laughs> if I get down there. I don't need the hospital bills. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This has been a production of Pleasant Peasant Media. For questions, suggestions, professions of adoration, or to discuss sponsorship opportunities, email info at pleasantpeasantmedia.com. Mm-hmm.